Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to Living Better in San Diego. I'm Vicki Pepper. Shakti Rising is a social change organization that's transforming the lives of women, girls, and the larger community. They focus on financial resilience and equity, leadership development, recovery, wellness, and mental health for women. As such, Shakti Rising has been providing on-the-ground essential services through health, financial resilience, and leadership. They're hosting their 22nd annual Birdies and Butterflies Golf Tournament at the Coronado Golf Course on Friday, September 2nd. On the line to tell us more is Shannon Thompson, founder of Shakti Rising. Thank you for joining me. Vicki, thank you so much for having me. And wow, listening to you describe our work, I actually felt kind of choked up. <laughs> like, well, I'm a little already emotionally moved. Well, Shannon, tell us what inspired the inception of Shakti Rising and why is investing in women a core part of your approach? Mm, thank you. That's such a, it's a powerful question. And right before we got on, you know, I was saying to you, at times, it can be a bit tricky to talk about the work that Shakti Rising does in a simple, straightforward way, and not because it's not tangible, but because our commitment is to work uh, what, to use a bit of jargon in our, in our field, we would say is upriver or at the roots of issues while we're also addressing some of the systemic symptoms of those issues. And that can make it feel like, what are they doing? You know, what is going on there? You know, so... But what I want to share a little bit about is that I'm a San Diego native, born and raised. And while I did a lot of my work, I have been in the field doing this work for 35 years. I started doing it in San Diego, then moved to Northern California where I went to college. I started the first street-based outreach program for homeless and runaway youth in Sacramento when I was 22 years old and did a lot of work. And then life brought me back to San Diego. I would have never (laughs) had you asked me when I was younger if I was going to start an organization specifically focusing on women and girls. And if I would start it in San Diego, I would have laughed and said, no, no way, (laughs) you know. And what I can say 25 years later now is I'm really moved by the reality that life brought me back to the place that I was born and raised and gave me the opportunity to make a difference in that community, specifically for women and girls, which ultimately is about improving the quality of life for everybody Because as one of my mentors always says, there's only two kinds of people on the planet, mothers and their children, Mm. (laughs) you know. And so, you know, Shakti grew out of over 13 years of work that I had been doing in the field of addiction, recovery, mental health, trauma. But I was also working in leadership development, organizational development, and community organizing. And when I was in those two, what are perceived as different worlds, 
what I was seeing all the time is when I was working with youth who were the ones considered to be supposedly, and they were actually dealing with uh, difficulties and risk. I was seeing their raw leadership. I was seeing that they understood what was happening in their communities. They saw what kind of solutions could be developed. They knew what could make a difference, not only for themselves and their friends and their families, but they had a really good sense of what needed to change in the places where they lived, right? At the same time as I was working with leaders of large organizations and working in the government and working with in the business sector, and I was seeing these leaders who were being really challenged with all the requirements of um, what it takes to lead well. Now it's called 21st century leadership, right? But also like the stress and leading people and dealing with large scale decisions and all this. And I was saying, man, the leaders really need personal work. They need to learn about embodied resilience and how to work with culture and how to grow diverse, equitable, just workforce. Like, you know, leaders have a lot of challenges as well. And so I started to see that this work I was doing was actually all the same at the core. And it made me start considering what would it take really to create healthy, thriving communities, like really at the core. And slowly but surely, all that work led me to understand that, one, investing in women and girls is a major contribution to multiple quality of life indicators. When we invest in the wellness of women and girls, we see outcomes in every area from thriving business to volunteerism to health indicators to education and child wellness. I don't know if you know that. Did you know that was true? I didn't know that. Yeah, right. It's pretty significant. And a lot of us don't. So I'm practical. And I was like, wow, investing in this population actually has far reaching results. So that was part of it. And then second, I was like, you know, women are really important leaders in our communities, but they have multiple roles that they're often in, right? Family and caretaking and friends and business and health and well-being. So how do we support them? to change what we're considering and calling quote unquote business as usual. If we want to have more sustainable and alive and diverse and healthy and just communities, if we want to have a quality of life that is good for more, I mean, close to all, right? And not just a few, then how are we going to equip women to lead, to be able to achieve that? And so that's part of what shaped the scope of all of our work. Tell us about your programs that support communities in San Diego and now across the globe. Yeah. So that theory about what kind of what what it would take to create change is actually why we have the three programs that we do. So one of the things that I understood was critically essential is that young women are cultural carriers. They're poised at the edge of raising the next generation, right? They are the next generation and many of them are going to have families. So if we want to see long lasting change, we need to invest in them, their health, their wellness, and their leadership abilities. So that's part of what led us to develop our very cutting edge and well-known trauma and recovery program. We're focused specifically on young women 15 to 30, although we did provide some of our services to women of all ages and we took them into high schools. And then a second area that I knew was really critically important is the health and wellness and the financial resilience and leadership of women of all ages. And so that program called Shakti Feminine University with financial learning in four main areas, health and wellness, personal growth, financial resilience, and what we call right livelihood, which is like work that is meaningful, 
and contributing and links our passion and purpose with also feeling well taken care of. And then the fourth area is around leadership, volunteerism, and community service. So that's the biggest reach of our programs, and we offer those online and in person. And then the third area of our work is around, as I said, leadership development. And you've probably heard me say it a lot. And the reason is because we do leadership work, not just with individuals. We actually build networks of women leaders who are doing working in business and in nonprofits and in government. And we work with them to form more collaborative approaches, as well as to develop systems and structures that are what we say not business as usual. So those are our three main program areas. I'm speaking with Shannon Thompson, founder of Shakti Rising. Why does all of this work matter for San Diego? Well, I mean, I'm a, like I said, I grew up in San Diego and I'm lucky in that respect. I grew up way back in the day, I'm going to date myself, when driving to North County Coastal was a two lane freeway. (laughs) So that really dates me, doesn't it? But You know, here's something with all the beauty and the opportunity and the outdoor nature is that growing up as a young woman in San Diego was rough. I had an eating disorder. I had substance abuse issues and I was really privileged. You know, I grew up and got to go to high school and played piano and I played soccer and I was in ASB and leadership and I did all ASB as student government, by the way, and was part of yearbook and I had friends, right? So we have a lot of stories about who it is we think that suffers, but 30% of women and young women are struggling at any given time with substance abuse and mental health and body image issues and have experienced trauma. And one out of three or one out of four women experiences being sexually assaulted. What that means is that it's somebody we know. It's not some stranger in another life that we don't know. And while that's really difficult, for us all to digest and be with, what I think is super powerful is that it can be different. That actually what this means is that if we're willing to look at it, then we can actually come up with ways to transform it. And so what I say to people all the time, the golfers who come to golf are the first people that could tell you this, that you know when they first started coming to the golf tournament, it was a fun way for them right, to do some business and support a cause that they really believed in you know, working with women and girls. But you know what's happened over the 22 years that we've been doing that tournament is that it's changed their lives. Not only has it helped them actually with things that they didn't even know they were working on. I can't tell you how many of those men pull me aside and talk to me about their mothers, their daughters, their sisters, their wives, their cousins that are dealing with all different kinds of challenges or women leaders who come to the tournament and talk about, wow, this really helped me understand how to support the women on my teams in my staff to do more meaningful work with them. So, you know, I think the thing about the difficulty of the last few years is it's really brought home the fact that it's not someone else who has a difficult time. At any given time, we could all be having a difficult time. So how do we ensure that we are growing our resilience as a community and making a difference together? And I think San Diego is a place that has a big opportunity to actually take care of its own community, but really influence other communities. And tell us about some of your partners in San Diego. We've worked with, I don't even know how many over the course of the last 25 years, and partnership is really critically important to us. Trans and Dance, which is an amazing program that blends dance, creative arts, resilience, health and wellness education, and leadership development for at-risk and disadvantaged youth has been a longtime partner. We're currently working with Groundswell Surf Therapy, which is 
just doing the coolest work around trauma-informed surf therapy with women and girls. And they started in San Diego also. Their native is their founder, Natalie Small, who's a dear friend and partner of mine is uh, also born in, well, actually, I think she grew up in North Carolina, uh, which is kind of ironic considering that's where I am right now. But she did college and started her work in San Diego. And they're working all over the globe now also. And it's just fantastic work because it gives women an opportunity to learn about ocean conservation, right? Like how we take care of the ocean while learning about surf and how to do healing and personal growth. I mean, I think that's like a trifecta of amazing things. Don't you think so? Absolutely. Yeah. And and there's many others. I mean, I could kind of go on and on and on about people that we've worked with in the area. I mean, we're working with AHA Charter Academies and in El Cajon, San Diego, which I mean, they are some of my heroes, the work that they have cultivated and developed out in El Cajon for those children and their families is just bar none outstanding. Their founder, Ava, I always say I want to be her when I grow up. I just have tremendous respect and care for them. So um, we've been fortunate because we've been around in San Diego for almost 25 years, I guess, now to work with many outstanding organizations. And how about beyond San Diego? What does your reach look like there? Well, we grew because we're really about social change, which means creating women and child-friendly communities all over, right? So that can't just be San Diego. <laughs> um, and so we grew immediately. We were doing work up in Northern California, Oregon, New Mexico, Hawaii, um, we've traveled all over the country. Right now, we have two staff in uh, who are born and from two countries in Africa that are actually starting the first Shakti program, one in Tanzania. Our work has, we've even done, some of our work has popped up in Europe and in Canada, actually. Part of what's important to me is not just our formal programs. I really believe in supporting um, women in communities to take this material in their own hands and to meet the needs of their own communities. So we share a lot of our stuff out there as much as we can so that anyone who's like, whoa, this would work for us, can take it and bring it to their own schools or organizations or communities in a way that fits for them. I'm speaking with Shannon Thompson, founder of Shakti Rising. How has Shakti grown throughout the pandemic? Have you, are you finding that services are higher in demand? Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's twofold things that have happened. One of them was that when the pandemic hit, which was, you know, accompanied with a lot of other issues, more leaders and people in business who I've known over the years actually started to really understand what I had been talking about all these years about growing resilience, trauma-informed mental health skills in the workforce, and why this is not just for people who are, quote unquote, um, having a hard time, but this is actually skills we all need. So one when the pandemic hit, that became glaringly clear to everyone, right? Which was really, it was difficult, but it was important reality that this is not just for some people. We all need to understand how to transform cycles of stress and trauma into growth and healing, period. You know, if you're a human on the planet, this is actually a fundamental skill. It's not a soft skill, you know? So that, you know, happened. And then simultaneously, and I think we all know this and we're all seeing it, mental health issues and suicide and mm -hmm. um, interpersonal violence and substance abuse issues are, you know, really growing and services are maxed out. It has been incredibly difficult, the number of people that are calling me and asking for referrals that I that we just don't have. And I'm not alone in this. This is a reality. If you talk to people who are doing work like myself, it's a dangerous reality, actually, for us that people cannot get 
the help they need. So, I mean, not, not to be, that sounds like such a downer thing I don't want, but, it, but it's a reality. And I think that, you know, when you're asking, why does this matter? Well, this matters because most of us know someone who probably is looking for help and doesn't know how to get it and that there's really long wait lists. So it's very important now that we're, that we're all investing in the visible and invisible structures of support in our communities that help us stay well. You know, we want to invest in them all the time so that when we go through difficult times, they're there for us. And the need for those services makes your upcoming fundraiser so important. Tell us about the Birdies and Butterflies Golf Tournament, which is happening on Friday, September 2nd. Well, one of my favorite stories about the tournament itself, which is funny, right? We're talking about a women's organization that does integrative health and trauma and recovery work and leadership development work and community organizing. And so you hear golf tournament and those two things don't always go together. So you can imagine in our very first, it was our director circle and there was all, you know, the staff, which was all young women at the time and myself, and then our governance circle, and we're having a meeting and, you know, they were like, we need to do a fundraiser. Yep. This makes good sense. We're trying to grow all this. And our then CPA said, we should do a golf tournament. And there's like silence in the room, right? Like, cause everyone else had been like, let's do a dance party. Let's do it. You know, all this other stuff. Right. And then actually two of the other women on the governance circle speak up and they go, yeah, that's a really good idea. Huh. And, you know, so some heated debate breaks out and in the course of the conversation, which, which covers everything from our CPA pragmatically going, look, we're not going to raise the kind of funds we need to support, you know, women who don't have means if we just have a bunch of bake sales or dance parties. And he wasn't trying to be disrespectful. He was trying to be pragmatic. Like Mm -hmm. we have all these women coming, they need all these services. We can't have all of our energy going to holding a bunch of fundraisers, right? Like he was being very, he already saw that we were going to be in great demand. He saw the writing on the wall for the work, right? But at the same time, some of our, you know, the staff, myself included, we were all like, we don't golf. That doesn't feel like it's, you know, like, how is that aligned with what we're doing? You know, that doesn't feel like it's something that would be true to us. Well, lo and behold, uh, we decide, we're like, well, you know, um, this is, it's important that we take risks. We encourage everyone we're working with, right? Growth is a risk. And this feels like an opportunity for growth. So we're going to try it and we're going to do it and we're going to see what happens. And I will tell you the most amazing thing is that golf tournament grew us as much as we've grown the golfers because first off, none of the guys who come out and golf would ever sign up for anything Shakti Rising offers. Let's just call that what it is, right? Like they're never going to come down and take one of our yoga classes or, you know what I mean? It's like, and none of us golf. We're not going to be out there <laughs> hanging out with them, you know, golfing on the court, right? So it created exactly what Shakti Rising is about. It's an opportunity for people who come from different backgrounds and different walks of life to spend a day together, having a really genuinely good time, but actually getting to connect and learn from and with each other. And so right away, what we did with the golf tournament is we planned it. We, the staff, so we did things like have games on the course that were things like we did in classes and we made the golfer packages ourselves with herbal products because a lot of us are herbalists and cool, fun things. And we did like aromatherapy sprays. And I mean, because we didn't know better. I mean, we didn't know that you shouldn't mess with golfers on the course. We thought this would be fun, right? We were trying to, you know, make it fun for them. And in the process, what we created was these lifetime relationships. That, like I said, a lot of these golfers' lives have changed. They have pulled me aside and told me about how exercises they did on the course or experiences they had with the women who were in the program who come out and volunteer that day. And 
by us getting to play like we do and having yoga on the holes and all these things, these guys got exposed to stuff that they would not have done. It also offered up conversations that we got to talk to the, these leaders of businesses about ways that they can improve like workplace wellness in a very high stress industry because a lot of the guys that come out are in construction and insurance and real estate and, you know, some of these very high stress industries, right? And so we were actually getting to teach them things that we knew a lot about. And they got to share with us like and give back to this cause that they literally see is saving women's lives because they see the women who are getting the services out there on the course. So it's actually become this incredibly moving, almost it's an event that the golfers often say, and I feel the same way. I cry every year and you would think that I wouldn't, but I cry every year because I'm so touched when I watch what happens between everyone who's out there that day. It's really powerful to go out and golf all day and literally know that you're making a difference in those women's lives and you're seeing it. And this was over two decades ago that this started because this is now your 22nd annual golf tournament. Yeah. Yep. It started the same when we were brand new in, in our founding year. So isn't that, I mean, it's also a miracle story. This group of young women, here I am, I was 30, founding this organization, barely holding on to my rear end for the alligators, right? Like, I mean, just like, I mean, like growing this whole thing in partnership with the women who were in some of the programs. Those were the original staff because part of my commitment was if we can grow them to lead this organization, then it's proof of concept, right? If these women can lead this really incredibly complex social change organization, who these young women who are in this recovery program, then that means this work can translate to anyone. That means anyone could do this kind of work, right? So here we all are, these young women in this program, and we plan and pull off a golf tournament. Not one of us, including our director circle, none of us had ever planned an event of that caliber before. And now it's like this beloved, wonderful <laughs> annual event 22 years later. I mean, that's kind of a small miracle. I'm speaking with Shannon Thompson, founder of Shakti Rising. Tell us about who you expect to attend this event. I always feel like I don't know, even <laughs> though I would say maybe for a long, for the first 20 years almost, I would say half of the folks that came back um, were repeat attendees because people have such an incredible experience. You know, now so many of us are getting older and of course, people are bringing in uh, new staff to be on there for some, see, I don't even know golf speak. I can't even use the right language. But we're really hoping to expand our reach and bring in more folks who want to be part of and feel connected to like an event that is really, let's say, not formal and high impact. So something that where you can feel really close up that you're choosing to participate in a charity fundraiser actually that you can see the tangible real difference. But, you know, maybe where it's not because we don't have a formal dinner and, you know, it's not that type of event. And it's largely, you know, like I said, folks that work in surf and construction and real estate green building. We really thought to bring in a lot of sustainability folks to so that it could spark meaningful conversation between the businesses who are out on the course, because we want it to be meaningful for them, too. We want them to have fun. We want them to learn about Shakti. But we're hoping that there will be some cross-pollination between the people that come out, because, you know, they at the very least have us in common. So what else might they have in common? How can someone get involved with the tournament, either by playing or by becoming a sponsor? Well, Vicki, you just basically laid it out. They can sponsor the event, which is really Sponsorship of the golf event ultimately creates the scholarship fund that enables women all over the country. 
and in San Diego to participate in our courses and our programs, which we price everything in sliding scale. So I want to say that Shakti is a small organization. So to be candid between, I mean, really all of our money goes to direct services, but people go, that's not really possible. So I'd say like 90% of the funds we raise enable the staff that we have to deliver direct services. And that includes me. I teach, I do leadership coaching. I go in and work with other organizations to develop their programs, support their staff, work with the people they're serving. So sponsoring and playing, you can volunteer, which it's a really fun event. I can't underscore that enough. I mean, people have fun out there. So volunteering, and then there's like in-kind donations for the raffle. So I think those are the main ways. And you can look at our website, ShaktiRising.org. I've been speaking with Shannon Thompson, founder of Shakti Rising, about their 22nd annual Birdies and Butterflies Golf Tournament happening Friday, September 2nd. An individual ticket to golf is $250 or $900 for a foursome to golf on the beautiful Coronado Bay at Coronado Golf Course. You can sign up or get info on sponsorship packages or how to donate an item for the raffle at shaktirising.org slash golf. Shannon, is there anything else you want us to know either about Shakti Rising or about the golf tournament? Well, I would say that what I really want people to know is that it's possible to make a real difference and that the kind of change that we want to see for ourselves, for our children, for the people that we're connected to, it is within our hands. And I know at times that what we are faced with in some of these issues and challenges, they feel intractable. I mean, addiction, I've worked for 35 years in with these issues from climate change to racial injustice to eating disorders and addiction and cycles of trauma. And at times, you know, even myself, having made significant change in the scope of my work, I can look at it all and think, is any of this making a difference? Does it matter? Mm. And unfailingly, and I'm not kidding, unfailingly, every time I feel that and ask myself that question, which I think it's important that we ask ourselves that question, I will hear from someone whose life has been touched by me or the work of Shakti and I'll hear about the family that they were able to raise and the good work they do in the world and the way they participate in democracy as a citizen and how they're doing their part and they feel equipped to do that because in some small or large way, we've made a difference. And so I think the thing that I want to share, it's not just about Shakti, it's not just about our golf tournament, it's about you. You can make a difference and don't doubt that. So roll up your sleeves and get out there and let's do it together because it's really on all of us. What's the community and the quality of life that we want to live in? We can create that together. And I'm really grateful for everyone who has been a part of ensuring that Shakti Rising is playing a role in doing that in San Diego and across the country because we're really, we take seriously the trust that's been invested in us and we're going to stay in it until the end, until hopefully we see that change where we're living in communities where women and girls can thrive, because ultimately that means we're all thriving. Thank you so much for talking with us today, Shannon. Thank you for making a difference in our community and around the world. And I hope the Birdies and Butterflies Golf Tournament on Friday, September 2nd at Coronado Golf Course is a huge success. Vicki, thank you so much for taking time and, and sharing this with your listeners and also just being such a person to talk to about this. Maybe you should come out and golf with us. <laughs> I've never golfed before, but I'm seriously considering it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.